Thank you for tuning in to our podcast recorded live each week. Now sit back and enjoy the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Tighten your life vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Good morning, Chattanooga area. Tony Sanders Outdoors is struggling this morning. Here we go. Everybody hold your ears. Better. Now we're ready. Now we're ready. Now we're cooking. I was late. Normally I do that before we go on the air. Well, we had... But the mic started moving away from me. Yeah, it's got a mind of its own this morning. Sometimes that happens. It's all, you know, the top quality equipment here at the radio ranch. 19... I'd say 18, but go ahead. You don't think it's the 1950s and 60s? No, this stuff's left over from Marconi. When did he do radio? 18s? What? I don't don't know. I'm making jokes, (laughs) and now i got to look up the jokes. Okay, hang on. (laughs) You don't have to look it up. Oh, oh no, we're on a quest now. Marconi and the radio. You know... We probably should have planned the opening a little bit better. Yeah. He died in 1937, was born in uh, 1874. So, I w- yeah, I'd say tail end of the 1800s is where this equipment is. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Hopefully you're picking it up on your modern radio or your cell phone. Now, that is pretty cool when you think about it. We're broadcasting from 1800 equipment, and it's being picked up on Internet, uh, video live streaming on Facebook. It's going all over the world. We're bad. We're nationwide. We're nationwide. Yes, we are. All right. So how are you? I'm yes. doing really well. How are you doing, Tony? I am wonderful. Thank you. Not as good as you. Oh, I'm doing real good. Look how scruffy. You must be out of school. It's my crane beard. You're... <laughs> okay. What was that? I don't know. That was that was our, our button monkey in there hitting the wrong button. <laughs> you just called him a button monkey? <laughs> I'm nicer to you than that, Taylor. Sorry. Hey, hey, I fed him Rice Krispies. He, you know, okay. he should be. Yeah, he's all right. So you had a, you've had a good week. I have, I have. Uh, went crane hunting. Uh huh. And uh, got been there. Got the t-shirt. You got a t-shirt. I got the t-shirt. Double H Outfitters LLC. Yep. Oh, oh I funded with them. Yes, you have. And they put. We had a great hunt. But let allow me. Did everybody see the shirt? I hope so. Okay. Uh, for those of you on Facebook Live, you can see the shirt. Uh, they also did pens this year, and they wanted me to be sure and give you a pen because maybe this will be your lucky uh, pen next year to get drawn. Maybe you could write with that pen and not get pulled out in the first round next year. But they wanted me to be sure and give you a pen. I mean, I got a T-shirt, got a great hunting experience, got crane meat in the freezer, and you got a pen. So this is the proverbial... You went on vacation, and I got a pen. Yep. Well, thank you, Rob. You're welcome. Don't thank me. Thank Jason. Jason Scott, thank you so <laughs> much from Double H Outfitters. I got a pen. See? I got a pen. Yay. No cranes. Nope. I even offered to store your crane meat for you. And, yes. And got, I mean, you're talking about a, <laughs> a, a, a turd in the punch bowl. 
scenario. Yeah. I mean, he just died <laughs> as soon as I said that. It's just like, no, no, agree. man, you can even come and vacuum seal them with my equipment. Nothing. Nada. I'm good. They're already, they're already uh, freezing in my freezer. My wife wanted to look at the uh, crane meat before I put it in the bags and everything. And she said, she kind of looked at the crane breast and said, those are rather big. I said, you've seen the birds. I said, big birds, big breasts. So. Um, you didn't keep one out to eat? Nope. Not last night. Nope. I was, uh, I was a little tuckered out after yesterday. All right. So let me hear about it. Let me hear. I, I, number one, I went on this hunt last year. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, I've talked to you for a year about this hunt with with Double H. Right. All right. Good guys. Very nice. They don't they don't pay me a dime to advertise for them. They're no. just they're good guys. Very professional. Okay. Very professional guys. So, was it everything I said it'd be? And more. Okay. A- and more. Um, we got out there well before dark. Uh, carried all the gear out through the muck and the mire and now i have to admit it was it was muddy looking in the pictures it was be it was beyond muddy i had i not had my duck boots laced and i was a little concerned about footwear and i thought i've got some 10 inch ll bean duck boots and i thought well ducks cranes waterfowl i'll wear those had i not had them laced to my feet my boot would have been sucked off on several occasions. It was that muddy, and you just sank down into into the mud deep. Um, but we got out there. Let me ask a silly question. Mm-hmm. Would snowshoes work in that scenario? I, I don't think so. May, well, yeah, they probably distribute your weight over a larger area, so therefore you wouldn't sink as deep. But snowshoes might, uh, well, theoretically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, why wouldn't they? I mean, well, it, no, the mud would not be as um, would not would would probably not be as what word am I looking for? Porous, yeah, as snow. Correct. So why wouldn't it work? Huh? I don't know. Maybe that's if a, anybody out there's got any experience with that, give us a call because I'm yeah, that's that's a legit question. I don't have any idea, but I was sitting there thinking. <laughs> What? I'm sitting there thinking you order from a company. I'd like to order snow snowshoes. Where are we sending them to? Chattanooga. Yeah, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Wait, what? <laughs> um, I, I don't know why they wouldn't work. Well, theoretically, I think they would. I mean, uh, there and there's different kinds. Yeah. Um, Worst case scenario, you could get tennis rackets and just strap them to your feet. I guess. Yeah. Well, but I I don't know why they wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. It would make sense that they would because the whole purpose is to distribute your weight over. A larger area. Right. No, it makes sense. I just, well, I didn't think it was going to be that muddy, but it was really, really mucky and well, I mean, but. good Lord. When I walk out into my yard to take Gunner out, and, and, and I, I sink in the ground in the front yard, yeah, it's, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. And when you get out in a field like that, yeah. Yeah. Well, we got out there, oh, dark 30, and got everything set up. Uh, the blind, we got... The blind was already set out, and we set out decoys, and um, it was really interesting to see the number of decoys they set out. Mm-hmm. And um, did you help them? Yeah, sure did. Good. And we got all set up. It was uh, Chris Wilmore hunting with me, uh, Doctor Alan Broom, uh, Doctor Tom Gavin, and a very, very, very nice young man, fifteen years old, from Clarksville, 
Uh, he and his dad came out. He got drawn. His dad did not. Clarksville? They got, Clarksville. They made a trip. They did. Um, he and his dad got drawn. Uh, they both put in it for the computer draw, so he had two permits. Everybody else had three, but he had two permits. Thanks to somebody that's not hunting in this year, but that's all right. Go yeah. ahead. But uh, the young man's name was uh, CJ. Very, very polite, very nice. Uh, heck of a shot. He's on a skeet team, too. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah, he was he was dead-eye. I mean, he made, I think he went through, like, three shells. And limited out with three shells? I'm thinking so. Hmm. Did he limit out early? Oh, yeah. Well, we we kind of, we kind of, the young guy in the blind, we all kind of, you know, they said, okay, back him up on this one. It was like, you know, I've got my gun up ready. He shoots, bird drops. I'm like, well, no backup needed there. <laughs> um, but, uh. Jason was real surprised that a fly fisherman could shoot, and apparently so. But it, so is so everybody. everybody else. Yeah, so is everybody else on Facebook. Yes, fly fishermen can shoot. How do you think we get feathers from your friends? Uh, yeah, true. I used to do that, but now I'm going to go get them myself. But uh, yes, I can shoot. Yes, I hit birds. You can ask Jason, and uh, <laughs> he gave me a little bit of crap. I missed um, the funny part. Was we got all set up, and very very early. The cranes came in, and we had, like, almost nine down at that point. And then there was a lull, and we ended up limiting out about 11.45. So there was a lull between, I'd say, about 7 to 11. We got, like, maybe one in there, and then we got a flock come in. Uh, There was one huge flock. This was the best part. A huge flock comes in. Probably 15 to 17 birds come in. No, wait a minute, wait. You didn't start shooting at 745, so okay, there better not be a limit yeah, no. between that. All right, 745. I, I was a little bit off. I didn't don't have my... Me, don't make me pull my badge on you, man. No. Okay. But, uh, all right, let's it's, say 8 It's o'clock. on the radio. Let's say He's 8 admitted to it live. This is as good as Facebook posts, right, for, <laughs> for convicting somebody? Yeah. So this flock of about 17, 15 to 17 birds comes in. The top goes down. Take them. Chris empties his gun. Alan empties his gun. I empty my gun. Tom empties his gun. And we dropped absolutely nothing. We hit nothing but air. And we're looking around each other. And I looked over at Chris, Chris Wilhelm, and I said, Wilmore. Well, I'm sorry, Wilmore. Chris Wilmore. I looked at him and I said, Are you shooting blanks or what? Because he, he's, he's a good shot. I'll give him that. He's a very good shot. Yes, he is. I said, Are you shooting blanks or what? Oh. <laughs> so you guys. And at that point, uh, oh, we're laughing. I mean, Scott and Jason are going, "Oh my God, it's going to be a long day." Yeah, exactly. They're like, "Oh God, we could have been out of here." You know, <laughs> yeah, that just about was the limit right there. Oh yeah, but uh, it was a lot of the camaraderie and the blind was uh, was amazing. Um, the guides were amazing. Seeing the birds cup cup in and just circle down and come in that was amazing. Now I've got to say I've hunted crane before and Corky Batten who's a good friend of ours, who has a farm out in that area. He really studied the cranes, and he's probably forgotten a lot more about hunting than I will ever know in my lifetime. Okay. Corky, Corky's a really good hunter and a really great shot. And he always said, these birds are kind of fickle. There's not a lot of patterning to them. There's, there's some, but not a lot. And we would pass shoot them at Corky's place. And... Mm-hmm. I loved shooting them there, but this decoying them in and having the camaraderie in the blind was just amazing. 
was just amazing. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, probably one of my best hunting experiences ever. I got home and I told my wife, I re- and, and no offense to no offense to any hunters out there, I really don't care if I deer hunt ever again. <laughs> I really don't care if I do ever again. Granted, it fills the freezer a lot faster. I'll give you that. But I will say, I'm ready to make a pilgrimage to the motherland, Stuttgart, Arkansas. I am now, I think I think you found your thing. Your thing is Upland Bird. Mm-hmm. You didn't start deer hunting until, what, your late 30s? 30s? Early 30s. Early 30s? Yeah. And you've been successful in taking some big deer. I mean, sure. And it fills up the freezer quick. And I love deer meat. Don't get me wrong. But if if you had a choice on the same Saturday to deer hunt or upland bird, I know which one you would do because mm-hmm. that's your thing. Mm-hmm. I think I have found my hunting niche, and it is waterfowl. So to you guys, uh, Chris Sanders, all you guys out there, Alex, tell you what, heads up because I'm going to be hitting you all up real quick because I am loving this waterfowl. Now, that said, the only thing yesterday that was dry on me were my socks because I had on the duck boots. My pants legs, it was so wet and muddy in, in there, your pants legs kind of hung a little. I mean, the, the mud was over the top of the boots. So your pants legs are wicking up the moisture. It rained on us all most of the day. So you're kind of wet anyway. The only dry thing I had, my gun case was soaked. There was I, one point I tipped my gun and water came out the barrel. I mean, my shot bag was soaked. Fortunately, I put my permits in a plastic bag. Everything I owned at that point was wet. And yes, I know that's all part of the experience. But the only thing I had on me that was dry were my socks. Now, in retrospect, not lear- just starting in waterfowling, I learned you probably need to take a extra set of clothes with you to change in for the drive home because the 45-minute drive home in cold, wet clothes is not not the most comfortable thing. It's doable. I did it. And, yes, it's all part of the experience, but I'll tell you what. That was one of the best hunts I have ever had, and I cannot wait to get drawn for cranes next year and do it again with the guys from Double H. And then you'll know what it feels like to, when you don't get drawn, sit out. Oh, I know that feeling. That was two years ago, and you kept giving me crap, so it's my turn this year. <laughs> we'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a thousand guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. 
Like a good neighbor is not just a saying. It exactly describes my friend, Rodney Allen. For nearly 20 years, my family has relied on Rodney for all of our insurance needs. He's been there when my kids were learning to drive, when my wife had been hit by a few deer, and when I needed life insurance to protect my family, as well as when my grandson was born. As you can see, he's not just our agent. He's part of our life. Rodney Allen, 423-847-3881. Like a good friend, Rodney will be there for your family too. 423-847-3881. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Hanging out with you this weekend before the holidays. Rob got his Christmas present yesterday. Yes. Happy for you. I'm glad you had a good time. I did. I was as every, was as everything I said it'd be. It was, and I think I've had probably one of the best waterfowling experiences you can have. I, I honestly think that. I mean, I know, guys, I'm looking forward to eventually going over to Arkansas and doing some hunting or maybe even Missouri. I heard, you know, some of the guys talking about the hunts they've been on. Um, but I really enjoyed it, and sharing a blind with uh, all these gentlemen, and especially that CJ, the very nice young man, uh, it it was it was an amazing event. Um, the the camaraderie is I th- I think part of that's what, partially what made the hunt. the The hunting was great, the hunting was awesome, but sharing a blind with these gentlemen, uh, you know, and we're all you know from different walks of life and stuff like that. And you know, CJ is just starting out, so it was really great. There was a lot. There was a lot of ribbing in the in the blind too, especially about being a fly fisherman. So, um, yes, yes, I'm a fly fisherman first. If given, you know, yes, if somebody says, "Hey, you want to duck hunt or trout fish?" Mm, I'm still going to go with trout fish because, yes, I am the trout professor. I'm I'm still going to do that. But you know, do I need to change embroidery to the crane killer or something? Uh, no, I'm I'm still I'm still a fisherman at heart. I mean, you know, that's that's what I do. I'm a fisherman. But yes, we can shoot. So. Keith Watson, Richard Sims, yes. <laughs> there were comments made on Facebook that I'm surprised a fisherman can shoot. <laughs> now, so, I will admit I did go through probably three-quarters of a box of shells, but that's not the point. They're down, they're dead, they're harvested. They're Doesn't in, matter how many shots I took. They're in the freezer. Yes, I may have taken more shots than anybody else, but that's not the point. <laughs> Heck, they were so close. They decoyed them in so close. I could have cast to them. I should have just put like a little crane lure out there and just walked one up. And when he got close enough to the blind, just reach out and grab him. Uh, they're 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 violent critters. Oh uh, yes, yes they are. <laughs> so I'm glad you had a good time. I did. I had a I had a wonderful time. There was a one of the one of the memories I've got is there was a set of three that came across. I shot at one. Alan shot at one, and Chris shot at one. And they all three went down, all three of them. So it was amazing to see that. And uh, we all shot once, and three birds went down in that I'm one sure, shot. I'm sure. And at that point, Jason was kind of relieved that you guys could actually shoot something. Yeah. He kind of was. <laughs> they earned their money. I'll give them that. They earned their money yesterday because uh, chasing after the, you know, going out and retrieving the birds and that muck in the mire. and Because uh, it takes a big dog to go out and get a bird <laughs> think about it well scott was you know he, he was a little fuzzy but yeah <laughs> nice guy though 
Oh, I'm glad you had a good time. I did. I did. I had a wonderful time and uh, look, really looking forward to it next year. Really looking forward to getting drawn next year. And uh, I'm going to be positive. I'm positive I'm going to get drawn yeah, now that I've jinked myself. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to say a word. Yeah. I'm not going to harass you. I'm not going to say anything about me. <laughs> it just is what it is. I'll tell you what, though. This water fouling, I, 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 I'm, I'm, ready, I'm ready to make the jump and make this my my thing. Um, not only do I get some wonderful meat out of the deal, I got a whole bunch of feathers out of the deal and, you know, now I can tie more fishing flies. So I am, I'm in crane heaven. Well, the funniest thing, and, and we've only got a, I don't, we have a phone call, but we've only got a couple of minutes, but the funniest thing that you told me was about you explaining to, uh, CJ that I, yes, <laughs> CJ got drawn, uh, through the computer draw. He was from Clarksville, he and his dad. And he got drawn online, and he only had two permits. And I said, well, you know, Commissioner Sanders upped that last year. And he goes, oh, that was really nice of him. I said, yeah, he's the commissioner over this crane district. He goes, oh, yeah, really? I said, yeah, and he didn't get drawn. <laughs> to which Tom Gavin pipes in and goes, that tells you it's it's a good draw. It's a fair. And I said, that's not what Tony said. <laughs> Absolutely so, it wasn't fair. Tony said it sucked. but <laughs> Every bit of it sucked. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm glad they, uh, uh, I'm glad they enjoyed that, and and that's pretty cool. I'm glad his, uh, he got to come down with his dad, and his because his dad didn't get drawn. No, um, so his dad was down giving him more support. Yeah, he was. So, um, did y'all talk about how you cook them? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, somebody asked me how I've cooked them before, and I have, I I kind of slice them into like medallions and serum mm-hmm. and i use cavender's greek seasoning on them i kind of like them that way um the i'm trying to think the other thing that came up was uh, how to get more meat out of them and i said you know there's people were talking about you know getting the legs trying to get some of the leg meat out and i i said i don't bother with that but they're, you know, those legs are so long and muscular. I don't know that you'd really want to eat that meat, but I'm sure um, some people do. But the only thing I've heard about that is uh, there was there's one guy. His dad made some stew out of the legs because that's like a four and a half foot drumstick. I mean, well, but the upper parts, the only parts got yeah. the meat on it. And so what he did is he took the upper part, uh, deboned it, and then made. Um, made some stock or soup or whatever out of it. Okay. That's the only thing I've heard. There's not a lot of meat. I mean, the the breast is, oh yeah, uh, what three pounds of three or four pounds of probably of meat. Oh yeah. And I I still cannot believe after breasting them out yesterday there is no there is no fat in that meat. It's not mm-hmm. rippled. It's not you don't get that nice marbling. It is just pure red meat. Looks like steak. It is. It is. It really is. We did talk a little bit, like you said, about cooking them, and uh, we talked about... Uh, did anybody else have any good recipes? No, I didn't hear any. Um, I didn't hear any uh, that anybody else had. You know, in reality, though, you and I have probably hunted them as much as anybody. We've limited out. For You didn't get drawn one year, and I didn't get drawn one year. You got one tag two years ago. Right. Um. But we've probably, I mean, we've hunted them since we started hunting them. Right. We've been to every drawing. Right. 
And so, I mean. Oh, Sonny got his, too. Sonny got one. Sonny got, uh, he said he used a, uh, I think I saw it on Facebook, he used a 10-gauge muzzle loader. Yeah, yeah. I thought, man, I do not want, I mean, my shoulder's already sore from shooting an 870 yesterday, 12-gauge <laughs> with 3-inch shells. I can't imagine shooting a 10-gauge black powder. Yeah, there's a, I want a 10-gauge. Um, I just do. I want a semi-automatic 10-gauge of some kind. And, um, but when you, when you look at the 12-gauge 3-inch shells, they really about equivalent to what a, an old 10-gauge was. Now they got 10-gauge, you know, 3-inch, three 3.5-inch. Three um, but I, I'm sorry. I've seen, I've been in duck blinds where, you know, everybody empties their gun and then the guide shoots with his 10-gauge and the bird falls. Now, is some of that skill? Sure it is. Uh, some of it's the ability to reach out to your feather. Yeah. All right. I hear music. Caller will be to you as soon as we come back from this break. Tony Sanders Outdoors, 267-1023. Spring will soon be here, and you know what that means. Grilling and barbecue. You can get everything you need at Don's Meat Shop, 6408 Hickson Pike. Don has steaks such as T-bone, porterhouse, ribeyes, and many, many more. You can pick up kebabs, chicken, burgers, pork chops, roast or fish, and try out their seafood. Be sure to try their summer sausage snack sticks. Don has quality meats and great cooking advice, so give them a call at 423-842-1256. Don's is open six days a week, closed Tuesdays. Check them out at donsmeatshop.com, and be sure to like them on Facebook. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawns. If you're a homeowner, Beatty's has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed for this area and provide you with knowledge to have a lawn that is the envy of all your neighbors. If you're a lawn care company owner, Beatty's can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Go to the pros at Beatty's Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. All right, welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Going to finally be able to give our Ranger Dodd hunting report. Big shout out to Ranger Dodd over at the uh, Enterprise South area. Always loves to hear how the deer hunting is going. So take it away, Robert. All righty, statewide we have killed this year to date 117,608. This time last year was 121,011, a difference of 3,403. So we're off 3,403 from last year. Hamilton County, uh, this week, 1,467, off 70 from last year. Bledsoe, 736, off 13 from last year. Bradley, 772, off 14 from last year. Grundy County, 707, off 19 from last year. Marion County, 1,000. 291, up 68 from last year. So well done, Marion County. McMinn County, 1,254, off 115 from last year. Meigs County, 929, off 53 from last year. Monroe County, 772, up 54 from last year. Polk County, 199, off 43 from last year. Ray County, 1,290, up 60 from last year. Sequatchie County, 507 off 10 from last year. And your top five counties are Giles, Henry, Montgomery, Fayette, Hickman, 
and Hamilton is number 30, dropping from 28 two weeks ago. Dropping like a rock. Yep. That's all right. We're big in archery. We're like number one, two. Top five, generally. Top five, generally. And then gun season kicks in, and it's like we plummet. I mean, wow. So. Hmm. Fayette County, that's one of the new CWD zones. Mm-hmm. Uh, while you were off playing in the, the green blind, I was off doing the people's business, representing the hunters at TWRA. Being commissorial? Yeah. So we had a big emergency meeting, actually, the day before you went hunting. We had an emergency meeting in Nashville about uh, the uh, CWD. And we did several things. Uh, one thing we did was we established a um, crane, uh, crane, listen to me, <laughs> a CWD zone. Uh, and what this, what happened with that is several things. There are three counties, Fayette, Hardeman, and McNary. Uh, now, the deer have all been found in Fayette and Hardeman. But they are, um, McNary is also, they did find some in McNary. I think they did. Maybe they did. Okay. There's been 10 plus three more that were found just the other day. Uh, those haven't been confirmed yet, but we're all obviously anticipating that they will be. So we, we established, uh, three zones. One is. Um, the core zone, which is where the deer have been found. Second is the high risk zone. Uh, I'm sorry, the core zone is five miles from where they've been found. So take and draw a circle five miles. Now, the thing that we're doing a little bit different, or maybe not different, if it touches a county, then that whole county becomes whatever zone we're in. All right, so Fayette, Hardeman, and, and McNary are your core zone areas. Okay, and then you go into 10 miles. That's, I don't think I'm right. I think the core zone is 5 miles. And then you go into the high-risk zone, which is up to 10 miles. Correct. Um, and then you go into the third zone, which is up to 25 miles. And that's where the whole county becomes the zone. Right. Uh, and that is, is, is an area where we'll be testing more and stuff. Now, some of the things that we did is we extended the season there. Uh, the season is going to go from January 7th, which is the day after the regular season ends, through January 31st. Uh, you're allowed to take one additional buck an unlimited amount of doe during that special season. Now, contrary to all the wildlife biologists on Facebook who, uh, who, who says we don't know what the heck we're doing and we're ignorant and all that stuff, this is not a, a chance. Uh, we're not trying to eradicate the herd. We're trying to get samples. More samples, more information. You know, if this had been, if, the, if we had found these, these CWD deer Back in September, where we had a whole season, it would be a whole different conversation. We found them with two weeks left in the season. Right. 
So we've got to expand to get an idea. And the way the way the whole the core zone, high risk zone uh, works is you take the point where the deer was was taken. You have to have a geographic ex- location, and then you expand from there. Right. So it's it's we're trying to get more samples. Um, we're not trying to 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 quote wipe out the population. We're not trying to do anything like that. We are trying to get an idea. Now, if you hunt in those counties during starting uh, December 29th, which is next week, uh, you if you hunt on the weekend, you must check in the deer at a check-in station. There will be check-in stations. I want to say they're putting in two per county. Uh, there will be a check-in station, and you have to take your deer there, period. In person. In person, where we will be testing it. Um, during the week... Uh, we will actually have freezers set up so you can take the head of the deer and drop it off in the freezer, tag it, drop it off, and we will test it and let you know if there's, it was positive or not. It's a good plan. Um, you know, some, I saw, I read some comments where somebody said, well, if they're really serious, they'll be testing them all the time. Well, a couple things. Number one. This is this is what drives me crazy. Maybe we have an idea when most people hunt. I, you know, call me silly, but we have like years of of check in data. We know when people hunt, right? Right. Maybe that's why we're doing it on the weekends. Right. Number two, it's really expensive to have check in stations because they have to be manned by people, and people are not cheap. Nope. All right. So there is a cost situation where we're trying to uh, get the most bang for the buck, i.e. weekends. Bang for buck. I like yeah, that. I, I thought you would. Mr. Pun Master. Yeah. Uh, and, then, and, and then we're also working with all the processors and the taxidermists in the area. Um, and we're paying them. If they save the head for us, we're paying them. If they go ahead and clean the head and get the brain matter out in the, in the stem uh, then we're paying them more, uh, so we don't have to, and we'll test that. Mm. So you know, it was it was a deal. Uh, so we're doing that. We've also made it um, illegal to export uh, carcasses out of those counties. Uh, any of those three counties, they you have to. It's, it's as as I described it to uh, to Richard Sims. It's our import restrictions in reverse. That makes sense. That makes sense. You can debone it, debrain it, and all that stuff, uh, and you can bring the meat out. Okay. But you cannot uh, bring the carcasses. I believe I saw, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Kentucky has put a import ban on deer taken in Tennessee. Yeah, they did, and and I don't blame them. We, well, we did the same thing we, for everybody else. Yeah, we we blocked everybody from bringing a deer in. So, uh, I mean, it was it was so there was somebody says I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they didn't. Uh, I mean, I, of course they did. So um, I like the uh, also surrounding these three counties, y'all have established an enhanced surveillance zone right. to see if the deer are moving. And those counties are Shelby, Tipton, Haywood, Madison, Chester, and Hardin. County. And we're doing more testing in those areas and things like that. Right. Because, I mean, deer don't respect county lines. No, or state lines, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then uh, what else did we do? We did something else. Uh, what else, what else, what else, what 
enhanced zone. Uh, oh, we a complete prohibition on feeding of wildlife. Uh, so again, the concept is when you gather them in, you have more opportunities for um, the spread of chronic wasting disease. So we're going to st- stop all feeding in those zones. Makes sense. Or in those three counties for right now. Let's go to Sunny. Hey, Sonny, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing real good, I guess. Uh, good morning, Commissioner and, good morning. and uh, uh, Professor. How are you, sir? I'm doing real good. I was headed out here to aggravate some cranes. I saw where you got one already with a muzzleloader ten gauge, or was it a flintlock ten gauge? Yeah, I've, I've got uh, I've got two uh, with the uh, ten gauge. I went I went uh, three different times, I believe, with my twenty gauge flintlock. That's what I'm carrying today is a twenty gauge flintlock. And then uh, yeah, I, I killed the first two. I got aggravated and I loaded up my 10-gauge muzzleloader side-by-side uh, double barrel and went up there, and that's, you know, it was predictable. You know, a cane, crane came in over the decoys, and I shot him in the head with one shot and went home and then uh, uh, came back out uh, another time and and uh, shot one more in the pouring rain. God, I got soaked clean through to the bone on that one. But uh, I feel your pain. Friend, go ahead. I feel your pain on that one. I got soaked yesterday. Yeah, uh, it was uh, it was awful out there yesterday too. I had to take the day off and deal with the real world yesterday. Uh, but uh, I'm on my way back up here to try to aggravate them again today before Christmas overwhelms me because I won't be able to hunt until probably the 28th or the 29th after today. But uh, anyways, congratulations, Rob, on your three big birds. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Hey, Sonny, and, I'm uh, I, I hate man. I'm gonna have to take a break. You called right as we were going to a break. Okay, you guys go ahead, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds great, Sonny. Thank you. All right, bye. David, hold on. We'll get you as soon as we come back from this break. Tony Sanders Outdoors, 267-1023 to be part of the show. If you need any outdoor supplies, there's only one place to go, Sportsman's Warehouse. They have all the equipment you need, as well as a friendly, knowledgeable staff to assist you. If you want a firearm, then check out the thousands of guns they have on the shelf. You don't see one you want? Go to sportsmanswarehouse.com. Choose from over 6,700 models they have, and they will ship it directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors coming straight to the phones to David, we think. It's this screen in here is so bad, David. Uh, yes. Uh, I got a question for uh, Mr. Sanders. All right. About the chronic waste. Um, uh, I'm curious about the not bringing the deer across the state line. I'm just curious the the rationale or, or the why to that. From what I understand, it's, it's animal-to-animal contact. I'm just 
uh, I guess I'm ignorant of the fact of why we take those steps. Well, okay. I'm not saying they're wrong. No, no, no. Great question. Um, it, it does spread via uh, animal to animal through uh, sex, through saliva, through peeing, and all that. However, however, uh, the the prion is actually contained in the bones. Uh, so if if I if I bring in a carcass out of state or out of the crane zone, uh, not crane zone, the CWD zone, and into another state and and process my deer, and then go bury the bones in the backyard or throw them in the backyard, whatever the case is, then they get spread scattered around. Those prions actually are in those bones. The bones will leach into the ground. Uh, grass will grow up through them, and deer will eat them, and that actually will transmit the disease. Uh, the prion actually stays, un, if it's unmolested, so to speak, uh, it will stay active for years. Uh, okay. And it is, it's, it's transmitted in, in, the, in the, the marrow of the bones and all that, in the brain stem and, and all that. Uh, there's also some research that says it's actually in the antlers, uh, which is a whole different. W- it makes sense because an antler is nothing but bone growth. Uh, right. But uh, I had never heard that until the other day, and uh, and so I've got to do a little more research on that. Uh, but that uh, is a, that's the whole purpose about deboning and and export or import restrictions. That makes sense. Okay, I appreciate that. I don't know if you all do like a uh, swap shop type thing, but if anybody's interested, I've got a Honda 2017 side-by-side loaded, ready for duck hunting or whatever, worn winch, upgraded tires, wheels, windshield, roof, bed, you name it, 120 or 135 miles on it. (laughs) Wow. Uh, What are you asking for that? Uh, 95. Paid uh, eleven nine for it last year, and just had the hundred twenty five mile break in service done on it. Well, David, once you put out your phone number, and uh, yeah, right. I, I don't mind. I don't mind doing swap shop on uh, on uh, on hunting equipment at all. Right, right. Four two three nine zero two twenty nine hundred. And the good thing about the Pioneer five hundred is it will fit in the back of a uh, truck. Oh, okay. So it's a 2017 Honda Pioneer 500. Yes, sir. All right. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Thank you, David. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hey, we'll turn this into outdoor radio. Yeah. I could have used that winch yesterday to get my fat butt out of the mud. Oh, bet. I bet. (laughs) Thus, my snowshoe question. Yeah. And for those of you that didn't listen, Rob went crane hunting and talked about all the mud and all the, the stuff. That he walked through the muck and the mire. So my question is: Will snowshoes work as mud shoes? We need, I don't know. We need somebody from like a snowy place, like Michigan or New York or Ohio. Somebody up there, call us and let us know if that'd work. Because I don't know. I just racking my brain. I don't know of anybody that I know of who would have snowshoes. So, except maybe Santa. Maybe. But, comma, it makes sense. In my logical mind, it makes sense. 
Tony Sanders Outdoors will be right back to be part of the show. Give us a call, 267-1023, Hades Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawn. If you're a homeowner, Hades has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed specifically for this area and provide you with the knowledge to have the lawn that will be the envy of all your neighbors. Don't go buy a bag of something that may or may not work from a big box store. Hades has years of local knowledge and knows what will work in this area. Trust the local experts in fertilizer to assist you with your lawn. Make your neighbors really jealous. Call Bates. If you're a lawn care company owner or are on a landscaping group, Bates can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Call Bates for more information on bulk fertilizer for your lawn care company. Minimum quantities required. So whether you're a homeowner, lawn care company, or just like digging around in the yard, go with the pros at Bates Fertilizer. 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at BatesFertilizer.com. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. Don't stop that podcast now. That's only one half of the show. We'll be right back with the second half of Tony Sanders Outdoors. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Having a good morning. If you want to be part of the show, give us a call. 267-1023-267-1023. All right. We, uh, we had a story. Oh, we were talking about CWD. Uh, if you have any questions about CWD, I'm, I'm getting more and more educated by the minute. Uh, feel free to give me a call, and uh, and we'll talk about it. Uh, but you know, here's the thing, guys. If you're not going, if you don't want to talk about it, I'm not going. I'm not going to turn the show into CWD show. Uh, I'm just not going to. So it's it's kind of up to you. Uh, it's a long way from us. Will it get here? Yeah, probably so. A um, couple things to remember. There's 26 states with CWD, uh, with Tennessee being the 26, not counting Canada and uh, somewhere else. Um, they all have, all 25 other states have huntable deer populations. They just do. Um, there's no evidence that CWD passes to, to humans. However, CWD is something that, according to CDC, you should test before you eat if you're in a, in a high risk area. So, um, and there's some precautions should use gloves, uh, which I do just because of so many diseases anyway. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and hadn't, if I'm not mistaken, hasn't chronic wasting disease been around since like the sixties? Yeah. It's well, some, some people say it's been around longer than that. It's been documented, documented, uh, a lot of smart people are working on it. So, uh, but they said you should wear gloves when you're field dressing a deer uh, or dressing a deer, butchering a deer, whatever you want to call it, um, which makes sense. I'm trying to think. Is there any other safety precautions? Uh, 
there is no place. One of the questions I talked about this up at uh, my hunting club the other day. There is no place for you to send a deer to be tested. We are working on one so that you can, if you want to have a deer tested, if you think you need to. Um, but right now, the only place that that could be done is in Kansas, and I don't even know what they charge. Hmm. $30 a test or something. Um, but again, it's a long way from us. You know, somebody, well, I was talking to somebody, and I'm like, I'd go out deer hunting tomorrow. Even in the in the zone, I would go out hunting. I would just be different. I mean, I would. It's 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 a different. It's an education thing. And uh, when I was talking to uh, Richard, who did an article about uh, our emergency meeting, um, I said, I think once people start getting educated and realize that there, you can still operate in a CWD area um, safely, and you know, be take some precautions, then then it's not going to change anything. Now, one of the collateral th- damages, uh, talking to Mike Butler from uh, Tennessee Wildlife Federation, the Hunters for the Hungry program gets a lot of meat out of Hardeman County. It's actually, I think, the largest producer of meat in the program. That's so, so now you've got the whole aspect there. Yeah. That's a great, a great program, and I... I I appreciate everybody who donates to that. I know there's a lot of people that would go hungry this time of year without them, and it's uh, sportsmen stepping up and helping the community. Mm-hmm. And to see that uh, possibly get messed up would be kind yep. of bad. But. So, uh, so he's working on what he can do because obviously he doesn't want to make anybody sick, so he's got to go figure out what to do, and he's he's working on that. So, And the whole TWF team. So... That's it in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. You, you have some, any questions? I don't have any questions. Okay. I've I've gotten a lot of information. I'm and pardon the pun, but I need to process a lot of it because I mean I need to take in everything and I know where it is. I know what to do if I do go hunting out there. Yep. And uh, you know have to check your deer in in person out there. So that would be a thing. Speaking of which, I had to check my crane in online yesterday, and I used the handy dandy. TWRA app to do so on the go on the go so it was awesome I was a field filled out my cards got in my car before I drove home typed in all the information submit here's your email receipt submit here's your email receipt submit here's your email so receipt. you had to submit three different ones I had to submit three different ones for each bird hmm so bad you couldn't just tag them all at once one 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 submission. Hmm. At least I had tags. Oh. oh, just saying. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. You want a happy story? All right. Yeah, let's have one. Yeah, we've been talking about bad things. You know. No, uh, we haven't. We well spent not, the first two thirds of the show talking about your crane hunt. Well, yeah, that was that was good. Uh, Iowa school district adds hunt. Whoa, there we go. Iowa school district. Adds Hunter Ed course to physical education curriculum. Beginning next spring, middle school students in two Iowa school districts will receive Hunter Safety Education as a part of their physical education class curriculum. The North Butler and Clarksville Community School Districts will deliver a mandatory Hunter Safety class to the 7th and 8th grade PE curriculum. Uh, students 
in grades 9 through 12 will also be given a voluntary chance to take the class. Uh, Superintendent Joel Foster says we do what we do to educate our kids is the best. We feel if we educate our kids on how to use weapons responsibly, how to respect them, and understand it's not a video game, maybe they'll cut down on the chances of having a severe incident. Now, parents who don't want their children to participate can opt out of classes. Um, their law is the same. Anybody? Well, no, their law is different. I'm sorry. Uh, Iowa requires a Hunter Ed curriculum for anybody born after January 1st, 1972. And I think this is a great idea, getting it back in school, because, to be honest, that's where I took it. Was it really? Yeah, I took it in school. In PE? Uh, I don't know if it was PE or if it was just an optional thing. I I just went ahead and did it. And that was way back when, when we rode our dinosaurs to school. The, um, yeah, it's been a long time since uh, classes have been taught in school here. We actually taught one this year. We taught like 70-something students. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, but we had to go to a, a charter school. It wouldn't be what I'd call a mainstream school. Hmm. School with football team. Well, well, at least you're in a school, and maybe that'll lead to others. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. So, I mean, maybe Tennessee will get on board. and uh, Well, let me rephrase that. Maybe the education people will get on board and, and see what a good thing this is. Because I'll tell you what, every, and I hope you'll back me up on this. I know you will. Every person we've had, from the skeet teams, the kids on the skeet teams, to the bass fishing kids who do the high school bass fishing when they get outdoors for some reason and they get out around outdoors people they're every one of them i've met has been polite has been nice yes sir no sir and that's something you don't hear anymore and i think that this hunting and fishing teaches them a lot of respect for themselves respect for others and respect for the animals and the outdoors in general so i don't see this as a bad thing it's it's educating them on hunter safety so i think it's great and i would love to see the curriculum get picked up by the mainstream school systems here in mainstream school systems here in hamilton county you know i don't think it will oh i don't think it will either but i'd love to see it i've tried to get uh the eddie eagle program into the school system. Oh, no. Guns are bad. And well, and what's the purpose of Eddie Eagle? Teaches a kid if they find a gun to stop, don't touch, leave the area, tell an adult. It's what you want to do, isn't it? Yes, but you said gun. Guns are bad. Don't talk about it, and the problem will just go away on its own. We're not going to talk about it. No, we're going to ban bump stocks. Oh, I've got that story in here, too. I don't know what... Well, I kind of think I know what your opinion is, but you may get mad at me for mine. Um... Probably about the same opinion I have of a, a, a radio station having a sign on their door. Yeah, pretty much. The station, he's he's in there howling now. You got him going. You got our producer, Taylor, just laughing. Yeah, they put up a no gun. When do we notice that? Last week? Mm-hmm. A no big no gun sign here at the radio ranch. Well, and because we're law-abiding citizens, we abide by it. Mm-hmm. But begrudgingly, comma, but yes, comma. 
I, the, the guy that comes in that's pissed off at me for something I said on the air is, isn't going to abide by it. Because one thing you got to remember about everybody that's ever killed somebody with a gun, they um, they broke another, you know, constitutional right, the right to, you know, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. So you're saying murder is illegal? No, I'm saying they've already, you know, it's, as I say here, and that people get mad at me every time I talk about school shooting, you know, on top of everything else, they killed somebody, which is illegal in all 50 states and Canada and Mexico most of the time. But the sign will stop them. Sign will stop them. Yeah, the sign will stop. Yeah. They get to the door and go, oh, well, gee, can't bring a gun in here. Oh, yeah, darn. Golly, Golly gee. gee. <laughs> no gun. Oh, sorry. Um, Stupidity. Yeah, Trump officially banned bump stocks. I've not, I don't like this. There's two things I don't like. Okay, go ahead. I don't like the turn-in aspect. You've yeah. got 90 days to turn in. So I buy something legally. Correct. With my money for two, 300 bucks or more, depending on which version I get. Mm-hmm. And now I have to turn them in. Will you be compensated? I don't think so. No compensation. I've never seen anything about compensation. Nope. So out of the 600,000 plus that are out there, how many do you think will be turned in? I'd say probably an eighth. Okay. I'm guessing. I'm just throwing that out there. And, and, you know, I have none. Darn it. Um, <laughs> but as, you know, don't take my, my thoughts on it as if by looking at Tony Sanders Outdoors Facebook page. The, the cover photo. <laughs> yeah. The um, Oops, I lost it in the water. Sorry. Yeah, oops. It fell. Did you see, have you seen the one going around? Shows this boat submerged. And it said, and breaking news, all 500,000 bump stocks were lost in a boating accident. <laughs> no, I hadn't seen that one. Yeah. That's good. I, I don't like this because, okay, we're going to ban bump stocks. And my question is, this is the government. What's next? Well, all right, here's my question. Here's my question. How are they banning it? It's not a firearm. Nope. It's an accessory to a firearm. Mm-hmm. Now, get this. This is, I don't know if you saw this story or not. In the suit that has been filed, not by the NRA, who uh, apparently lost their balls in this one. Did I say that? On, I didn't say that. Is that, I can say that? Okay. Um, you just did, so yeah. So, who, 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 the gutless people up there that have decided to give uh, somebody a pass, President Trump a pass on this one, which I'm not. Um, the gun owners of America filed suit. Mm-hmm. And in the suit, they actually make reference to, to Jerry Micklip, which I don't know if you know him. He's a world champion speech year. He's actually shot uh, six rounds uh, out of a revolver, unloaded, reloaded, and shot six more in 2.7 seconds with his fingers. Wow. So they actually reference his finger as being illegal now. <laughs> there was a guy I saw one time. I believe his name was Bob Knapp. He was a shotgunner. Yep. He threw eight clays up in the air and with a pump shotgun. 
hit each individual one. Mm-hmm. It, it was a hand toss straight up, eight, and he didn't hit two with one. And the way he cycled that shotgun, it was it was just as quick as a semi-automatic. So, I mean. So, anyway, um, Gunners of America filed suit, which will be interesting. I don't like the fact you turned them in. Uh, I don't like the fact that it's not, there's, there's no, I mean, it's been used one time. And the reason it's been used one time in a mass shooting, and it's as bad and horrible as it was, is they're not accurate. No. They, they really mess with your accuracy. So it doesn't make sense. But, and, but see, here's the problem. Now, some idiot can come out and say something stupid, and we don't ban everybody's right to free speech. Right. Do we? No, we do not. So, I don't get it. I, I think it's a slippery slope because, I mean, it, it, to me it seems like, okay, you've, you've added on to your gun. What if you put a, what if they, and I'm just throwing this out there, what if they said, okay, somebody used a winch cable to strangle somebody. Okay, nobody else can have winches on their vehicles. Right. It's an accessory. Yeah. It's, a, it's a tool. All right, we're going to go take a break because we got to. Beaverman, Sterling, we're going to come to you as soon as we come back from uh, this break. Tony Sanders Outdoors will be right back. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawn. If you're a homeowner, Beatty's has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed specifically for this area and provide you with the knowledge to have the lawn that will be the envy of all your neighbors. Don't go buy a bag of something that may or may not work from a big box store. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and knows what will work in this area. Trust the local experts in fertilizer to assist you with your lawn. Make your neighbors really jealous. Call Beatty's. If you're a lawn care company owner or are on a landscaping group, Beatty's can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Call Beatty's for more information on bulk fertilizer for your lawn care company. Minimum quantities required. So whether you're a homeowner, lawn care company, or just like digging around in the yard, go with the pros at Beatty's Fertilizer. 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. You're a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. If you need any outdoor supplies, there's only one place to go, Sportsman's Warehouse. They have all the equipment you need, as well as a friendly, knowledgeable staff to assist you. If you want a firearm, then check out the thousands of guns they have on the shelf. If you don't see one you want, go to sportsmanswarehouse.com. 
Choose from over 6,700 models they have, and they will ship it directly to the store. Everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Sportsman's Warehouse, the great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors coming straight to the phone. Sterling, coming to you. Beaver Man, hold on. Hey, Sterling. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. And yourself? Uh, well, I'm just picking up some uh, food before I walk into the into my workplace. But uh, the reason why I called is yes, because, you know, I, I, Brian Joyce has made good argument after good argument on this. I, I rarely agree with him on a lot of stuff, but, you know, we keep bouncing around the real problem, and it's a people problem. You know, we, we it's not the inanimate object problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not the gun problem. You know, I've never seen a gun jump out of the closet and kill anybody, you know, out of pure hate. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's a people problem. Yes, you know, sir. in this country, we have a serious problem where we underfund, uh, you know, different clinics. Uh, we undercut mental health. Uh, we rob social services budgets. And what we ended up doing, what we end up doing is we put them into defense. I don't. You know what I mean? We, we take that money and we put it elsewhere. We go buy a $40,000 uh, dining room table for the you know, for, for Ben Carson's office. We do stuff like that. Well, I will, um, I'll be honest with you, I don't ever want to agree with Brian Joyce, but I will agree with you. How's that, Sterling? That, that works. <laughs> I mean, we got a people problem. You yes. know, my wife and I, we both went through the gun class before Shooter's Depot burned to a crisp. Right. But uh, we, we went through with a nice fellow named Shane, and he explained the whole Eddie the Eagle program. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'm interested in getting my daughter in another program. Sure. You know what I mean? Because... If you teach kids from an early age how to respect firearms, they become respectable adults. I agree. You know, and and I think it's a people problem. Yes, sir. Once we start addressing mental health, mental health, and then once we start addressing different issues as, a, as an African-American, you know what I mean? I grew up in a rougher area of Atlanta. I come from a different socioeconomic background, and I know different challenging challenges that, that my folks face. Mm-hmm. And what happened at Brainerd High School is a true testament to a couple of weeks ago when you teach a kid from an early age, you know what I mean, to respect the firearm, you know what I mean, and you're able to provide jobs, housing, which is another deeper issue, but and you're able to provide equal access to these things, you know what I mean, you may have a different outcome in some of these minority communities where guns are abused, you know what I mean, they're used unlawfully. You know what I mean? They put they yeah. put people in dangerous positions. You know what I mean? So I, I think, you know, we could peel the layers of this onion literally 24 hours in a day and still not get anywhere. But I just wanted to say that we got a people problem. Sterling, so, thank you so much for the call. I really do appreciate it. All right. Y'all have a good Sunday. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. A lot of good points. Very good points. Hey, Beaver Man. Morning, gentlemen. I think that uh, that gentleman... Sterling is spot on. I agree. I agree. With, um, with his proclamation, with his uh, evaluation of everything, and um, I think it is a slippery slope. With you see what they were doing in uh, New Jersey, going around door to, threatening door to door confiscation of high capacity magazines. Exactly. Um, which I agree. It, 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 how is that going to stop someone who has? A mental incapacity or, or just pure evil inside of them from from doing what they're going to do. 
Well, and it's, um, it's you know, you got Pittsburgh is uh, the mayor declares his intent to ban guns, which is a violation of state law. You got the police chief in Memphis who is asking that no guns be allowed in vehicles, which completely violates the Castle Doctrine passed by the state legislature. I mean, it's 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 not the gun. And, and, and I say that because um, I... I have guns around me all the time, and they never jump out of the holster. They never do anything. They just, right. they just, they just go along for the ride. But the the law-abiding citizens will be the ones who are punished, not the scofflaws. Yeah, not the, I mean they they put the criminals. They put a they put a sign up here at the radio station. So now when I come in the door, I cannot legally bring my firearm in this studio. Okay, because I'm a law-abiding citizen, I'm not going to. Right, but right. is the guy intent on doing me harm? Is the guy that whoever it was that they had to put up the door that locked so you could not get back to the studios without being buzzed through? Is that guy worried about a stupid sign on the door that says, you know, no gun allowed? No, he's not. Because if he's intent on shooting me. He's already intent on violating my civil rights, period. He doesn't care what he has to do to do it. And Sterling is absolutely right. There's people out there that get all torqued up. Uh, and, and, and it's not a, a friend of mine. I, was, I had an exchange with him on Facebook last night. Some guy threatened to kill him over him talking about him not being man enough to... Uh, you probably shouldn't have gone there, but anyway. <laughs> but it, you dug that hole. Keep yeah, going. No, I'm, I'm not going to go. But he, you know, he's the point is this guy threatened to kill him over some words on Facebook. I've had people yeah. get so mad at me um, over things that I've done publicly, and it's like, really? It's, How can anybody be mad at you, Tony? You're a, just a big old teddy bear. Yeah, but no, I do stuff that piss people off. Well, only intentionally. I know. You do it to me every week. <laughs> but, I mean, the thing of it is, is we, we've gotten a little out of sorts. And, uh, and, and I, agree, I agree with Sterling. I think, um, you know, the, some of the bigger issues talked about, um, you know, we might not agree on, but I have no doubt that I agree with him on the, the mental... Um, Need for more mental services. Yeah, mental services. I mean, I know you do, Rob. Hell, your your parents, that was their field. Yeah, mom was a psych nurse, dad was a psychologist. So, so yeah. yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that there needs to be, there are people out there with some problems, uh, and 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 they need to be helped. Uh, the problem is... is, is yeah, They need to start with, with all members of Congress and the Senate, start, you know, making them go through mental health evaluation. And every elected official, um, that I think every elected official should have to take an eighth grade civics exam prior to receiving a paycheck. <laughs> they have to pass it with at least a 75. Yes. We wouldn't have any Congress people left. Yeah. Or <laughs> we, we uh, would have, we would or, have a few, but you know, the thing uh, here, here's my deal on, on that. Um, and, and, I you know, you know, Beaverman, I I do usually not don't get very political on this show, and that's okay. But I'll I'll say this: we have got to get to a point where we can have a discussion without 
being called an idiot and everything else uh or murderer or whatever it it in if if it if it, if i'm offending you then you're who i'm talking about i'm just telling you uh but you know years ago uh i don't know when it started um i'm going to say it started uh you know 15 20 years ago where if you were any kind of if there was any kind of compromise at all uh, you became, you just became the enemy. Um, and, and it can't be that way. There's got, because I know, I know a lot of Democrats and they love this country just as much as I do. Now we may not agree on how it should be done or how things should be done, but we, we can agree that this is a great country. But when you can't have a conversation without, um, shutting down the government over something, I mean, okay. Well, I, I don't want to give you the money for a wall. I want the wall. Well, good God, for two years you've been arguing about this. Can you not get to some kind of compromise? The civil discussion has been lost in our society. Exactly. Civil discourse. And I think the whole gun thing is part of that. I think civil discourse is what uh, has has led to, to some of those issues. Um, so, anyway. Well, hey, let's talk about something a little cooler. Yes. Like Thank vision, you. Because... The, the old Oklahoma trip has fallen through as of now due to poor weather, lack of ducks. Yeah. So uh, this uh, good buddy of mine named Rob, who's a fly snob, um, we're uh, making arrangements to uh, go chase large fish of different species up in East Tennessee next week. Travisaurus Rex. The, the acclaimed show on Wednesday that, that will be, you know, certainly a rating spike for the 102.3 family. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, and uh, I, we're going to try to try to chase some trouts and maybe some smallies. See what uh, see what grabs hold of the because I, I have not winter fished in years since I really got into the duck hunting thing, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen this year. So we might as well go do something on our days off. There you go. I was real sorry to hear your Oklahoma trip got canceled because I know you really enjoyed that the last time you went out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, pretending like I'm part of the Lewis and Clark expedition and <laughs> went out there. But my my buddy was like, yo, okay, well, my, my schedule, he's a pilot. My schedule got rearranged. I'll go get a, so it would have been driving for two days to hunt for two days to, you know. He's a pilot. If he's a pilot, he'd have flown. Travel well, for he, one he day can and hunt fly, for two. But he can't carry decoys and layout blinds and all of that stuff in his overhead bin on a hot flight. Sure he can. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway, it's uh yeah, let's let's go fish. See what happens. Sounds good to me, brother. Hey man, I gotta go all pay right. a bill. All right, gentlemen, enjoy hey. it as always. Hey, Beaverman, just so you know, you have a little something coming to you. A little is the key word there. Uh, for all your help this year, my travels and stuff, filling in and stuff. Thank you. Oh, well, you're so sweet. Yeah, I try. Just a big old teddy bear. I am, I am. <laughs> See you, man. See y'all. Bye. Tony Sanders Outdoors. We'll be right back. 
Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the experts when it comes to lush green lawns. If you're a homeowner, Beatty's has everything you'll need for preparing and maintaining your lawn this spring. They can recommend products designed for this area and provide you with knowledge to have a lawn that is the envy of all your neighbors. If you're a lawn care company owner, Beatty's can formulate special blends for your customers by the pallet. Go to the pros at Beatty's Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Beatty'sFertilizer.com. Like a good neighbor is not just a saying. It exactly describes my friend, Rodney Allen. For nearly 20 years, my family has relied on Rodney for all of our insurance needs. He's been there when my kids were learning to drive, when my wife had been hit by a few deer, and when I needed life insurance to protect my family, as well as when my grandson was born. As you can see, he's not just our agent. He's part of our life. Rodney Allen, 423-847-3881. Like a good friend, Rodney will be there for your family too. 423-847-3881. Well, that's really slow. Yeah. The snow is falling outside. Is that what it is? Yeah, the snow is falling. It's a crisp, cool winter's morn. We're trying to be Christmassy. Let's hope the music starts now. Please. Soon. Yep. Eventually. Oh, what a delay. Don't play that again. You're killing me. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I was beginning see, to look to see if we were going to get music. Yeah. So <laughs> our, our, our young producer. <laughs> he what, tried. I'll what, give him that. He tried. What you do is you play that in there so you hear it until all that first crap's gone, and it starts out with, it's, it's beginning, beginning to, to look, look a lot like, like Christmas. Christmas. Hey, Ben, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you guys doing? Doing you know, well, Ben. I was I was telling Roberto on the way in that I said I got to get by to see my friend Ben. How you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful. I've I've, I've been out quite a bit here lately, except for that raid. But I I could get anywhere on the Farrell, and I just go and just relax and get outside of here. But it it's pretty good. Well, I am uh, I, I'm sending you uh, warm wishes for the holidays. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I, I sure appreciate you guys. Just I enjoy the show every week. I don't always call in, but I, I sit here and listen. I turn on Alexa, and here we go. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Ben. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Ben is... Has been a, a long time listener, and oh, gosh, he every every Friday, just about I get about every Friday, he posts on Facebook to be sure and tune in to the show at five a.m. and mm-hmm. uh, just a great guy. Oh so. yeah. But as for Tony, you and me, it's going to be a different Christmas. Uh, you lost Bob, I lost a brother, to dad. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit different this year, but it is. We're 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 going to be okay. At, and just ready to start a new year and go on. That, you're absolutely right. Ben, thanks so much for calling, man. I right, Y'all have a wonderful Christmas, and take care, brother. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Nice call. Mm-hmm. Nice call. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm trying to decide if 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 I need to get that, if I need that 10 gauge need or want i know you want it but need 
I can just I can help you justify that. And if anybody else wants to call in at two six seven one zero two three and help me justify it for him, a ten gauge would let you reach farther. Yeah. You would be more. You know, you'd have a little bit more lead out there, which would make you more successful a field. So it's about success. It's not about justification. It's a. It's something you need. It's going to make you more successful. It's a tool that's going to help you. I need one. There you go. I'm going to go by Sportsman's Warehouse here in a few minutes and see what they have. In a 10-gauge? In a 10-gauge. I've Honestly, I've never seen a 10-gauge shell. Never seen one. I mean, I know they exist. Don't get me wrong. It's you know, kind of like, you know, I know it exists, but I've just never seen one. But how bi- I'm just curious. How big is the – is that like a quarter-sized barrel? Could you drop a quarter down in there? It's good size. Because in, in – in worst case scenario, I found this trick out, and I'm sure everybody else knows it, but I found this out when I was first got my 870 years and years ago. If you don't have your choke wrench, you can use a you can use a coin and undo your choke if you need to, which mm-hmm. is really great on those. Um, we got two things. We can either do this, or uh, I don't, or I'm not going to give Pete anything. Okay. Uh, all right. So this is this idiots outside or. This is wild outdoors. Okay. Idiots outside was the poacher who you, we can talk about that one too. Yeah, and I want to talk about the. I posted a story on Facebook what you just had up there a second ago. The oh, the, I have not read this story. Yeah, well, it's it's poorly written, and that's what I got chastised for. Is because well, somebody made the comment that it's poorly written, and I agreed. And then Richard, my buddy, chastised me for posting it if it was so badly written, which he had a good point. Mm. Uh, but. Somebody killed a grizzly with a twenty-two caliber firearm. You're kidding. No, no. I'm not sure what the deal is. And that's part of the problem. The guy said he was convicted and fined $25,000 for, for killing the grizzly. But he killed it with a twenty-two. He said it was, 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 you know how a bear will actually fake charge at you? Yeah. Well, you don't know if it's fake or not until he stops. You don't know if it's faking or not. Well, they said the bear charged him three times, and he killed it. Uh, the wildlife officer investigated, said he could not find where uh, evidence of it actually charging him more than once, or actually coming more than once, got within 33 yards of him. Now, I'm not sure if a bear the size of a grizzly that is 33 yards from me, I'm not sure I'm shooting it anyway. I'm, I mean, I'm, I may be shooting it at that point. Yeah. Just because and, that's close. They can cover 33 yards in a in, blink of in, an eye. In, in, before you can get a gun out of your holster. Yeah. Absolutely. So I don't know that I wouldn't have shot it. I don't think I would have shot it with a twenty two. The guy was elk hunting. Why didn't he shoot it with his elk rifle? Why did he have a twenty two? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't understand that. Um, maybe he was archery hunting, and he—that was his backup gun. Now, if I am in grizzly country, my backup gun's a, 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 a ten gauge. <laughs> it's. Hey, I'm helping you justify. It's it. a forty-four magnum, is what it is. That'll work. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going in grizzly country with twenty-two. I don't. So, and, and unfortunately, it's such a poorly written article. Uh, I don't know. Give me the facts. Give me all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, all I do know is when I was in Colorado elk hunting, and 
the um, the camp boss told me. I asked him. He he gave me a gun. I didn't carry a gun with me. He said, "Man, you're you're not a, you're not top of the food chain out here, boy." And he he loaned me a gun. And I asked him, I said, when do I shoot a bear? He said, when you see it. You're not in Kansas anymore. He said, said, if you see a bear and he's he's less than 100 yards from you, before you get your gun out of the holster, he'll be on top of you. Oh, yeah. They can cover so much ground so quick. So he said, get the gun ready. And he said, he goes, just don't, don't waste any time. I agree. So, anyway. All right. We got to go pay the final bills of the day. <coughs> when we come back, we'll wrap up with uh, a man in Montana being mistaken as Bigfoot and shot. Just trying to just trying to do the Darwin stuff. Yep. We'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoor. Sportsman's Warehouse is a perfect place to shop for all your outdoor equipment. No matter the season, Sportsman's Warehouse friendly staff and knowledgeable experts can assist you in finding what you need for your adventure. If you're a hunter, angler, boater, hiker, camper, or need clothing or shoes, Sportsman's Warehouse has just what you need. If you're looking for a firearm, Sportsman's Warehouse has over a 1,000 guns in the store. Now, if you don't see one you want, you can go to sportsmanswarehouse.com and select from over 6,700 guns offered online. Then you can have it shipped directly to the store, everyday low prices, no shipping charges, and no processing fees. Don't forget to sign up and register for the Sportsman's Warehouse loyalty card. This will give you points towards gift cards and special promotions, as well as keeping you informed of upcoming events. Be sure to like them on Facebook for prizes, promotions, as well as things happening at the store. The place to shop for all your outdoor needs. Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors. Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Spring will soon be here, and you know what that means. Grilling and barbecue. You can get everything you need at Don's Meat Shop, 6408 Hickson Pike. Don has steaks such as T-bone, porterhouse, ribeyes, and many, many more. You can pick up kebabs, chicken, burgers, pork chops, roasts, or fish, and try out their seafood. Be sure to try their summer sausage snack sticks. Don has quality meats and great cooking advice, so give them a call at 423-842-1256. Don's is open six days a week, closed Tuesdays. Check them out at donsmeatshop.com, and be sure to like them on Facebook. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Welcome back. Wrapping it up on this wonderful Saturday morning. You know why it's wonderful? It's not raining. For once. For once, yeah. You know, um, yeah, I'm going to go by and look at um, a, um, a a 10 gauge. So just telling you. Carl, I'm coming by to Sportsman's here in just a minute. Whenever they open. They open at 8 or 9? Nine. Uh, 9? Nine, 8? Eight. 8. Yes. Yes. Holiday season? Yes. So, 10 gauge. 10 gauge. I need one. It's going to help you a field. So, yes. It, it's a tool that's going to help you. So, yes, it, yes. You can justify it. That All right. So, go back to your story. Oh. I, I, you sure there wasn't alcohol involved? I'm pretty sure there wasn't alcohol involved, but I'm not 100% sure on this one because it was, it was a weird story. Uh, out of Montana, uh-huh. uh, as soon as I get to it, sorry about that, I had to go do a commercial thing there. Uh, a Montana man told authorities that he suddenly came under fire while target shooting on Monday, and he says he was mistaken for Bigfoot. I'm assuming he had a beard and looked like ZZ Top. But uh, The 27-year-old was reportedly doing some target practice on public land when out of nowhere, bullets started whizzing around him. 
He claims the bullets were hitting all around him before he ran to the trees to seek cover. Uh, once the shooting came to a halt, the man told dispatchers he confronted a shooter in a black Ford F-150. According to the Idaho statesman, the shooter allegedly told the victim, I don't target practice, but if I see something that looks like Bigfoot, I just shoot at it. He also suggested the man wear orange next time he's in the woods to make sure he's not a Bigfoot. While he may have a point about wearing orange in the woods, he doesn't have a whole lot of room to be dishing out safety advice after haphazardly firing at an unidentified target. I would have had him arrested. Well, local law enforcement were somewhat skeptical of the report, however, because it was the victim didn't call until the next day, and he struggled to describe the alleged shooter. On top of that, he said he didn't want to pursue any further legal action over the near-fatal incident. The next day, though, another victim came forward with a very similar experience. A woman called police saying she had been shot at by a man in a black Ford F-150 as well. He didn't report any Bigfoot sightings at that time. Uh, Leo Dutton says, we're working to find this person, and the Clark County Sheriff is doing their best because it is of great concern to think that an individual might think it's okay to shoot anything he thinks is a Bigfoot. That's nuts. That's just nuts. Well, I mean, you know, if you can bag a Bigfoot, I don't know what the limit is on Bigfoot, but big feet. If you get a Bigfoot, you're going to be rich because everybody's been looking for Bigfoot for years. And then I'm going fishing for a Nesson or whatever. Loch Ness Monster? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sounds good to so, me. All right. You know, it's been fun. Merry Christmas to everybody. I hope you get it, whatever you want from Santa Claus. And if you don't get it, then go to Sportsman's Warehouse and pick it up yourself. That's what I'm going to do. Merry Christmas, Tony. Merry Christmas, Robert. Crane killer. <laughs> All right. Merry Christmas, everybody. We will see you next week, right before the New Year. New Year's show. New Year resolutions. We'll be ready. Tony Sanders Outdoors. You have been listening to the podcast of the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Please subscribe to our service to get updated shows weekly throughout the year. Like us on all the social medias to keep up with what's going on on Tony Sanders Outdoors.